Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor Live. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Uh, Tonight's floor plan, we are going to go over the Miami Heat's 132-115 victory over the Charlotte Hornets. Heat win, y'all. This is two games in a row. Uh, They improved the 6-7 and on the season. Um, I think there's lots of positives to take from this game. Uh, We're going to dive into a ton of different angles as it relates to this game, but also looking ahead. Um, but before we do, I uh, want to start the show by uh, recognizing one of our great sponsors and partners here at the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is A, Aggressive Insurance. You definitely want to get in, in touch with Lynette. She uh, has an insurance broker agency that's been servicing South Florida for over 15 years. They offer auto insurance, homeowners insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, retirement programs, free notary service. You want to reach out to Lynette, insurancebylynette.com. That's with two N's and two T's, 954-581-8800, 954-581-8800. She's a friend of the program. Uh, sometimes you'll even catch her in the comments here on the live shows. So definitely want to get in touch with Lynette if you have a bad driving record. Um, Ethan swears by all that she does, and I know he doesn't co-sign that lightly. So definitely reach out to Lynette. She is a great sponsor of this program. All right, y'all. So here we are. Um, I was really, I had bad energy for the first show. Um, and I feel a lot better coming into tonight's show. And that's a good thing. Uh, again, I'm your host, Greg Sylvander. Follow me on Twitter, at Greg Sylvander. With me, um, Sean Rochester, who's been on a lot of these post-game shows recently. Follow him at S Rochester NBA. And then uh, for his maiden voyage this season this on season. the on the post game show um and on five on the floor live we have tony schwartz follow him at tony schwartz nba on twitter as well um so let's just go straight into this huge victory i know that it's the hornets and i know that people are going to likely roll their eyes at me calling it a huge victory but to me it felt like one <laughs> it was a game that um I think that this is like what we expected to see more of from Miami. And so I was particularly um, encouraged by a lot of stuff that came out of this game, even though it's just the Hornets. I know that that is um, like, they're going to have to face Phoenix next and then go on a tough road trip. So it doesn't get any easier, but Sean, I'll start with you. Actually, no, Tony, it's your maiden voyage. What are we doing? Got to start with you. Quick reactions, things that you um, plucked from the game that you thought were interesting, just trying to pick your brain on what you thought of the Miami Heat's victory over the Hornets tonight. Yeah, it certainly doesn't get any easier after this. So when you have a chance to confirm your homestand, we were three and four uh, coming into these two Charlotte games, leaving them five and four, now a, a positive home team. 
it was so important for seeding, Greg. There was no shot if they just continued to slide and, and kept falling further and further out of that fifth seed, sixth seed competition and no shot uh, of reclaiming a home seeding one through four. So when you get a chance to play uh, a team that's less talented than you at home, like Charlotte, uh, shout out to one of our other great sponsors, Better Edge, because I took a live minus eight line on this game because I thought just like last game, you have an opportunity to pound Charlotte, bring the game to them. They're less talented, less athletic, less skilled, and win the game on your terms. Sean said this at halftime. Amazing quote. We let the game, we played the game they wanted in that second quarter. We were giving them the opportunity to get back into that, taking shots and missing shots. No reason to do that. They came back out in the third quarter, asserted their dominance. And Max Struess, my boys, Max Struess showed up. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to talk about Max Struess in this show. Sean, what was the, you know, just the things that popped off the stat sheet? Anything you got for us that you really thought uh, was uh, important to highlight? Yeah, I mean, the Charlotte Hornets defense is as advertised. It is horrible. Uh, thank, <laughs> yeah. thank you for that. <laughs> LaMelo Ball did not fix that. He actually hurt that. But, uh, you know, on our side of the ball, like I said at halftime, Tony referenced, we were bailing them out by quick shots. And, and I think poor quality shots. The more we made them defend multiple actions, whether it was drives, whether it was screens whether multiple sides of the floor the ball just had to move and players had to move and once you did that a few times they would break down you would get a higher quality shot and we did that great in the third quarter uh gad from our uh, network posted a great um uh stat about assists in the third quarter and i want to pull that up and we'll, we'll reference it here in a second but to get the exact numbers but our assists skyrocketed in the third quarter that's when we're playing Miami Heat basketball. And it helps your transition defense because now they're taking the ball out of the net rather than going off of a live rebound or a turnover. So third quarter was great. We just need to see more of that. Put that together for more stretches of a 48-minute game. So true. I um, The way that the first half ended, I was like, oh, gosh, here we go. Like this is going to be a situation where we're having, having to claw with this team. I think they were down two at the half. Um Obviously, the third quarter is huge. I want to get into that a little bit uh, more of a deep dive in a minute. But let's start here. Max Struess, y'all. Like, this yeah. guy, 10 of 16 tonight, 31 points in 38 minutes, 8 of 14 from 3. Sorry, I'm having to look down and read the stat sheet to our live viewers. Uh, four rebounds, two assists, and a steal. He was huge, Tony. Um I don't know uh, th- you know, this is a situation where he's been plugged into the starting lineup because Tyler's been out and then it just, uh, you know, he hasn't shot great in all of the games, but he definitely um, he's been steady throughout this season. I think that that's one thing that you could say about Max so far this year. Uh, what did you see from him tonight? Other than him just going insane and getting completely hot, was there anything in particular that you saw them doing differently with him? Or was it just, this is just a, a case of him making those shots that he uh, were, was awarded? Yeah, I think this is a, a reward to the process, man. If he could just come out and make shots every single night, he absolutely would. But there was a directed effort from Kyle and Jimmy specifically to be physical with their assignment, to get penetration, to get things going vertically at the rim. And the result of that was Max getting great shots. I mean, all night. Now, you have to be a special type of shooter, a confident son of a gun. And, I, and that dude really will rise up with no space, does not care where a defender is. He's going straight up, and and it's a good shot every single time. But if you can get him going with a little bit of space, get him in rhythm, it's 
more often than not going to turn out that way tonight spectacular though he was really online everything was going in for him you love that the team was desperate for a three at half they were like what six of 21 at halftime mm-hmm. it was brutal the shot was the equalizer but what got it there was that that penetration that drive and kick paint touches man and and they capitalized on it yeah the ball movement in the third quarter specifically was unbelievable and you know they got to hitting shots and spo recently said something to the effect of we think this will even out eventually and that the shooting is going to come. And this was a night where I thought you started to see some of that take place. Gabe Vincent was only three of eight from three, but had a lot of other good moments um, scoring the basketball just generally. Um, So I'm starting the show with Max and Gabe, because those are our our two-way extraordinaires that are now going to become players. You have to lock up long-term Sean here in the next uh, calendar year or so. Uh, Talk about Gabe Vincent, what you saw from him tonight. I know um, he didn't necessarily go crazy other than his scoring, but I just think it's important to highlight what he did off of the bench for this team, specifically on a night when LaMelo Ball is back. Yeah, I I think he is. Obviously, he had his his force felt with the scoring 20 points off the bench, which is huge. And it's not one of those situations where we've, we've normally been talking about how Gabe has stepped up in the absence of Kyle. Tonight, Kyle was good. You know, Kyle gave you 12 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists, uh, decent shooting, only hit one three. But overall, it was a good Kyle game. You got two good games from your point guards. And and to me, I think it was the defensive pressure that him and Caleb Martin put in the front of that 2-2-1 press or at the front of our zone. Um, we talked at halftime about how the zone was very porous and the point of attack defense was very poor. And I think also in the third quarter, that started to get turned around a little bit. I just worry sometimes when we're talking big picture, your defense can't be dependent on the success of your offense. You know, like defense, Great they point. said about defense travels, right? You can't just be like, oh, we're not making shots tonight, so I'm not going to defend as hard as I possibly can, or I'm not going to rebound as hard as I can. We have to have defense every single night for this team to be successful. That's the Miami Heat way. So uh, overall, great game from Gabe. Um, really was uh, the star of our bench unit. Definitely. Um, I'm glad you brought up Kyle because he's had another good game. He's had a string of good games here. Stringing them um, together. Yeah, I love it. I like this is this is what I was expecting from Kyle to have that sort sort of impact, whether it be some nights having a robust scoring night, but other games, you know, 11 rebounds, eight assists. That's what's up. Like, that's what we want to see from Kyle. Um, I thought Bam and Jimmy had interesting games because kind of the knockout punches and some of the the plays that were um, in the third quarter that I promise we're going to talk about in depth here in a minute. I'm just saving it because it was just so beautiful. Bam and Jimmy ended up with really good stat lines, Tony. Like they're kind of essentially like they're uh, as good a numbers as you could ever want from these guys. And they did it a little bit quietly. I guess Bam's wasn't so quiet when he's running off those dunks late in the game, but the game had been decided. Um, what did you think of Jimmy and Bam's performance top to bottom? So that means even in the first half when <laughs> when things weren't as as good, but particularly just honing in on Bam and Jimmy, the, the linchpins of this entire team. Yeah, and first, I appreciate you teeing me up. I mean, you gave me Struis, Jimmy, and Bam so far. So it's it's been easy work for me tonight. It was a good uh, night. It, it was a great night. I, I think Jimmy had one of his better floor games this year. I know the point total doesn't reflect that, but – he impacted the game in all the places that don't show up on the stat sheet as well as the places that do uh, great off ball 
I, I mean, just amazing what him and Kyle were doing to find each other, that little two man game that they were running, even though one was on and one was off. It was beautiful. The first quarter, first 11 minutes, it was all of our offense, you know, and then those two guys come off the court. The second quarter, they got to figure it out. Jimmy locks it right back in in the third, coming out of half. You know, he is hitting the cuts aggressively, finding the weak spots in the team's defense to, to give the driver an option. Uh, if they don't, if they can't go up with the ball because the rim's guarded, give them something, flash something, uh, so they have somewhere to go. And Kyle, the one thing I want to talk about him adding this year is that dribble penetration, get the big on the switch, and then hit that yeah. nail. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's so crucial for him to have something to get to inside the flow of this offense because there's times where Kyle just disappears. Um, so if he knows for fact that that's a shot he can get, all of a sudden he's more confident now driving to the rim. He's more confident creating. And by the way, guys, what a night for Kyle to have a good floor game when Tim Hardaway is in the building getting celebrated. It's a beautiful thing. That You know I love going down the nostalgia tip, and Timmy was – probably my favorite player growing up i was always trying to play like him so shout out to him hardaway um and kyle lowry played great um any other stuff that that really jumped out at you just from an individual player perspective we're going to dive into the team as a whole the third quarter how they closed out this game look ahead a little bit um take some comments do stuff like that but sean is there any other players that you want to make sure get a shout out here early in the show I wouldn't call this a shout out, but I'm going to give credit to Marco Romo. Uh, he's one of our co-hosts at halftime. He's yeah. he pointed this out. Bam, five turnovers. And I know Ooh. Ethan has brought this up before. These turnovers are starting to become a problem, and, and we know that we wanted an aggressive Bam, and, and with that, you get you know you get turnovers. You know, you, it's part of the process when you're going to be more aggressive that mistakes are going to happen. But five turnovers, and I think right now he's fifth in the NBA in turnovers per game with the guys like Trey Young and LeBron James who have the ball in their hands all the time, we got to clean that up a little bit. I just don't necessarily like that part of it. I like aggressive Bam. I like him taking jump shots. His stat line tonight, 24 and 15 with four assists. I'm cool with that. But five five turnovers with an offense that's struggling already, every opportunity to put the ball towards the basket is crucial for our team. Every time we turn it over and it's going to the other team – whether it's a live ball, which compromises your defensive transition, or a dead ball, you're, you're just hurting yourself. So we got to be better than that. You know what? I, I want to stop, for, and we're going to talk about BAM for a minute because I'm glad that you went with the, the negative statistic because the way that he closed the game, um, he ended up with the kind of stat sheet where you're like, why is anyone complaining about BAM? But people had stuff to say, and I think the turnovers yeah. are a big part of it. People are seeing that – um statistically he's taken a dip and not only has that happened the heat have not been winning and then now um you have a situation where he's turning the ball over exponentially compared to his past seasons tony why is is there anything to make of his stats dipping so far this year um the turnover thing i think Sean articulated why that's happening to some degree, but there's still some stuff that has to be cleaned up, but I think more, um, and this was uh, a pointed topic for this show because Ethan um, tweeted from the five reasons sports account. If people had thought Bam out of bio improved so far this year, and uh, it was overwhelmingly that people said it was kind of marginal, the improvement, if at all, and so I'm just interested in your perspective on the statistical dip and if that's anything that we should be reading into this early in the season and just your thoughts on BAM in general. 
It, yeah, it depends on how it trends, right? And I think that's a, a cop-out answer by me. But you, you figure Bam at the beginning of this season put himself into foul trouble so many times. He, he was adjusting to this new role of not having a running mate in that front court. Um, and the ball kind of not hitting him in the same spots that he's used to it going. And that led to so many turnovers early in the season. But now he's, he kind of molded that out and we're, we're peeking back into that territory. He's turning the ball over a lot. And like Sean said, they're live. They're live. They're, and, and teams are running in transition. The scouting report is out. You run against Miami any chance you get. Um, so it's not good for us. Uh, the, it feels like he, he's trying to create from, you know, from a dribble right now, trying to get the ball across half court, worried about his dribble, uh, worried about setting up the offense when he's on the floor. I think he has this drive to be an engine, um, maybe not always in the points category, but for the offense when he's out there with the bench. I don't know if there's a predictor, if there's something I could say that's like, hey, this is why it's happening. Um, it just feels like he's figuring it out. All these guys are figuring it out, how to work together. You're seeing it come together with Caleb, right? His athleticism, he knows how to use it now at a four. But with Bam, it feels like when he's out there and the bench is out there, it's too much. He's just doing a little bit too much with the ball in his hands. Yeah, no, it, I think that that's a good point. And I didn't expect for you to have a magic bullet necessarily on what the heck's happening with Bam. Um, overall, I think that, uh, I've seen improvements offensively in just some of the shots that he's getting some of the mid range stuff. Um, some of, yeah, some of the moves to the basket for all, all of our, uh, listeners only the, uh, audio only folks, Tony was just doing a quick little, uh, swoop to the hoop, um, here live. Uh, I just, um, I think it's impossible for Bam to not be improving. I think we can all we can all agree that uh, expecting him and I'm the dude who calls him no ceiling, so I got to be careful here. Expecting him to just like double and triple his performance year over year is not realistic. But I think we are arriving at a place where, like you're you're right, Tony. He's figuring this stuff out, and that there's a learning curve associated with it. He's trying to be more aggressive when he was conditioned to be a complete passer setup man when he got here in Miami so I think that you're right it's a total learning curve right now he just needs to clean up this leaky handle if you have a leak and you don't know where it's coming from if you have water or mold damage you need to reach out to water cleanup of Florida they're at 954-579-0356 and they will give you immediate assistance with over 60 years of combined experience. Michael Robert and their entire team are prepared to handle any size leak or water disaster 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. They are a fully licensed, insured and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that every busy homeowner and business owner needs. This is the place you need to go um, to work with one group. You don't have to bring any other contractors into the mix. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell, 954-579-0356. Again, that's 954-579-0356. They serve as Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach County. Definitely reach out to Michael, Water Cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they got the guts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, 
how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, um, the third quarter, y'all, it wasn't a third quarter. I am scrolling through my notes here because I took a picture of the TV screen, uh, the Charlotte broadcast. Uh, shout out to Buddy, who is really excited about every play. Um, I think his name may be Eric Collins, and if I get that wrong, I apologize. But, man, you get excited, dude. Um, check this out from the third quarter, y'all. They had 24 possessions. They were 16 of 21 from the field, 6 of 9 from 3, 7 in mm-hmm. – seven of eight from uh, the free throw line, only three turnovers and they outscored Charlotte 45 to 25. I don't even know really where to start. So I'll just let either one of you jump in here. What the hell got into the heat in the third quarter that allowed them to get this lead, create some separation. They just were hitting everything wax poetic about that beautiful third quarter. Sean, let me uh, reference back to the stat that I was I was mentioning earlier from our guy Gadiel Cartagena. Uh, Eleven assists on fourteen made field goals in the first quarter dips down to two assists on eight made field goals in the second quarter, where we lost the lead in the third quarter, back up to eleven assists. Eleven assists in a quarter is pretty darn good. I don't know the made field goals in terms of the third quarter, um, but 16. shout out to him for that because sixteen. So when you have that, that shows your ball movement. That shows. The, the style of play that we need, especially when you're undersized, not just talking like let, this is heat basketball, but when you're an undersized team, you have to move the ball like that. Yeah. And you saw the results. You got wide open shots. You got into the lane. And then everything starts working. The defense looks better. Everybody's got energy. 
you know, Spo uses that line, the ball finds energy, right? Like the ball had to move, players had to move, and that's what made us look like a competent team. Yes, Charlotte's defense is not awful. What, third worst in the league? You can't tell me they're not the worst in the league. I don't know who's below them, but it's <laughs> probably true. because of the schedule. Charlotte <laughs> is horrible on defense. They are. But – it's all about the process playing like that is going to trickle over when we play on Monday. And when we play next week on Friday against the wizards, you got to just start stringing these good habits together. And, and it's a good sign to see them doing that, even though it's against a bad team. I totally agree. I think that um, there's like, there's one thing to get disgruntled about this season and be frustrated at the way that it started. Uh, and I was particularly had bad energy after the Charlotte victory. The last time I've acknowledged that twice now on the show. Um, but also you have to think about like, how do you climb out of this conceptually and in reality? Like, how do you do it? Well, it's just, it's a one game at a time type deal. And I know people don't want to like talk like that. Cause it's um, you know, there's hyperbole involved and whatnot, but I think that um, this was really big for them, Tony, because they were able to, create separation in the third really yeah. like blast Charlotte. Um, they were hitting everything. So they're feeling good, right? They're, they're puffing their chest out, bouncing around. Um, Charlotte took a couple punches back, but nothing really significant. And the thing that I really saw is they, um, they seem to get control of the offensive glass rebounding, things like that really got cleaned up in the second half. Um, so from your perspective, third quarter, what jumped out at you and the significance of getting this game. Um, even though it's a big victory against a bad team, I think it's, it was an important victory for the way that they held on after they've been losing leads recently. Um, so just uh, would love your thoughts on those things. Well, they shelled, they shelled at the rim and they ran out to the three. Um, I think at halftime, we were so concerned with, with how hard dudes were closing out on certain shooters, especially guys like, like Theo Maladon, right? Like there was, there's no reason for us to to chase him off the line so aggressively, but you know they they started shelling that 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 rotation defense got onto a string. Uh, everybody was putting the right kind of pressure. They were forcing. They were giving up a shot. I mean, they they just were giving up the nail, um, and that's what you want. You know, you're a team that can't take everything away. You have to play math, uh, and it, it just worked out for them. And then you on the other side of the ball, the floor was tilted, and it it was tilted all night. They were turning defense into offense in the third quarter, and then they were running down in transition, getting great looks at the rim. And then if that wasn't working, Max was filling them out. So it was a three-pronged attack. You know, in football, you say you need all three phases to work. All three phases were working for us in that third quarter, and they have kind of consistently. Third quarter is our best quarter. And then they kept those habits and went into the fourth and mm -hmm. maintained that aggression. And that's what I wanted to see. You know, yesterday was about finding the win. Dear God, just find a way to win basketball games. <laughs> so true. And then today it was about getting your foot on a team's throat. When you're better than them, you, you know, we're not going to out-talent teams every night. So when you have the opportunity, get your foot on their throat. Don't give them hope. Get them out of the game. And that's what they did. Yeah, and I know you've been preaching that since you were uh, plugging your better edge picks. Um, and that is our uh, official um betting sponsor of the five reason sports network but want to tell you about the official daily uh, daily fantasy sponsor and that's prize picks uh my favorite daily fantasy app to play on you want to use the code five go to prizepicks.com or download the app it is daily fantasy made easy 
Um, I hope you took the over on Max Struess three pointers, if it was even a prop up there. But his points definitely. Uh, if you went over tonight, that was a good pick. It's it's simple, y'all. You you pick your favorite players, pick your favorite stats, choose over under, and then you essentially watch your players, see how their stats uh, break down, and if you hit two, three, four on the same card, you can win up to 10 times your money. So it's really easy. It's intuitive to play, um, but you got to use the code five. That's how you get your initial deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Uh, again, that's prize picks, great desktop um, experience, but also the app is good. So definitely check it out. Use the code five. Again, that's prizepicks.com. Um, Daily fantasy made easy as they say, right on the website here. Um, Max Struess, just quickly, I want to pose a question to you guys. Sean, uh, I'm going to over under Max Struess making $13 million this, this summer. As a, in year one, obviously, not on the, the full contract, but like um, $13 million per. I think for him to make that money, I think he has to be consistent. Like those types of three point specialists, I think the league is starting to wise up to giving them more money than they really should get. And there's a value in shooting. Don't get me wrong. Like everybody wants shooting. However, if you can't do other things, we've seen not just Duncan, but the, you know, the, uh, um, why am I thinking that person gets, but the, uh, Bertans, like those types of guys, Joe they just get played off the floor. Joe Harris. I mean, you got to have more than that or you get played off the floor. And so he he provides resistance. He's gotten better. He does a great job cutting. Spo highlighted that in the post game tonight. He just has to do it consistently. He's going to have low shooting nights. Like that's what all three point specialists do. Clay Thompson has bad shooting nights. It's okay, but it's about doing all the other things too. So if you're telling me 13 million, I would probably say under, but I mean, I hope it's over because he's played so well for the rest of the season. I, I mean, and right. I hope it's in Miami too. I, I, to your point, if he plays well enough to get over $13 million, that means they've made a deep playoff run and Max Struess had a big mm-hmm. part of it. So mm-hmm. uh, it would be a good exactly. problem to have at least in the, in, in the short term. Tony, Gabe Vincent, uh, over under him making $11 million per uh, when he re-ups um, coming up this summer. Under. I think Gabe has kind of regressed for me this year as a player. Um, it, it's it's the playmaking. I, I, I don't like – last year he would try all the passes that I'm seeing him not attempt. Uh, I, I think of him in my head as as a point guard. I think as as a natural scorer, as a natural player, his ability is there. And, and it, you can get $11 million for that kind of guy because he offers you so much. He's so versatile to your offense. And by the way, the dude plays defense. So, I mean, you pay, you pay that guy. Um, but I think most teams want to utilize him as a point guard because he has the size to be a one. He feels like an MLE, like a piece of an MLE guy to me. He feels like eight, eight million, four million for a below the tax team type thing. I, I don't know. 11 seems high. Sean, you disagree, right? No, I'm just, I'm frustrated with Oregon. Just lost me on better edge. <laughs> Shout out. I'm watching you. I want you to go, no, I'm like, she hates this take. There's a terrible call at the end of the game. Um, no, I, I mean I agree with you. He's had he's had a lot of I think more defensive regression than offensive regression. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's kind of a collective thing. I think you would say that about a lot of our guys. I mean, even Bam, I think sometimes you're like, yeah, he's getting he's getting work. So like, I think it's a collective thing with the defense, but they'll get it figured out. I, I think Gabe's a good player. I, I do push back a little bit on the point guard thing. I think he's more of a combo, um, but he he's shown growth in the trending more towards being a point guard than just being a combo. So, and, and to be clear, I, like I would rather him be a combo in this offense. I've just watched so much from that point guard. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, um, in closing here, the Heat improved to six and seven. They're almost 500. Sean kind of leaned into this a couple episodes ago, uh, maybe when I was about to fall off the cliff on this team the other night or so, <laughs> just that they weren't really out of the mix yet and that it was really early to start making any firm declarations on such. They're, what, three and a half games out of a, th- a four seed or so, five seed or so. What is it, two games now? Two wins. Two wins behind the Cavs for third right now. Okay, so that puts this in perspective, folks. So there's a portion of the commenters that are asking us to talk about the fours they could acquire and would they put Max Struess in a deal for whoever and what other teams want to play with with, or what other teams want to talk to Miami about trades. Yes, we're going to get to that eventually in this season, but I think we should acknowledge that there's a portion of this where we just have to focus on the basketball part of this, focus on this team right now, and how do they get out of this mud and turn the season around? These were two huge victories that moved in the step in the right direction. Um, I thought they were huge. So we're not really going to those things, commenters. So when we get your, when we go to your comments here in a minute, uh, try to hit us with some stuff. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to control the narrative too much, maybe a little bit, but, um, but just let's try to stick to some basketball stuff. Uh, I guess we can address a few things, trade questions. We'll go rapid fire. Um, Final thoughts for you guys on this game and um, biggest key to getting the victory against Phoenix, Tony go. Ball, it's ball movement. Maintain this kind of ball movement. You're not going to bend the Phoenix defense by trying to play them straight up in a pick and roll. How are they beating Phoenix, Sean? You're going to have to defend at a high level, keep them out of transition. I know they have a couple mm-hmm. injuries on the Phoenix side, but um, just yeah, play, play to your potential like you did tonight, and I think you, you can make a competitive game. South Beach flu. They, so th- this is the thing. Uh, Phoenix... I think they just were in Orlando. They were in Orlando last night because I was watching that game. Um, and now I think they're just chilling in Miami for the next few days until they play the Heat. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I think that they're just staying put. Uh, so I'm interested to see. Sean is flagging me down. Is there a game in between there? No, they just got beat 114.97 last night in Orlando, and they don't play until – Monday. All right. I'm going to reach out to Uncle Luke and I'll see if he can make some arrangements. That's what I'm saying. They're chilling in Miami for a couple days. That is never a recipe for for any team, but particularly a veteran good team that could sleepwalk through a game here or there uh, coming to Miami. So I think that um, to your guys' point, ball movement is the key. That's how they're going to – it's the – this this process which y'all know i don't like talking about the process but it really is about the process right now because once the shots start to fall we, we saw what could happen tonight we're going to see it um against phoenix and uh maybe we'll even get some jovich minutes although spolstra 
is sticking to that eight man stuff. He is not moving off of it. And I don't know how sustainable that is. Uh, let's go to, let's just rapid fire a few comments. Manny Chang on the ones and twos, throw them up there. Even if they're about transactions, that's all good. Okay. Anthony, um, Lembraya, I think it is your last name. Sorry if I mispronounced it. I'm worried we lose Max in free agency if he keeps having these games. Hey, that's how free agency works. Um, they kept Caleb Martin. I think a lot of people thought that, that could go sideways, and it didn't. Uh, they let P.J. Tucker go for obvious reasons. I think if they want to keep Max Struess, they're going to be able to keep Max Struess. Anybody disagree? Next question. I agree. Tiff L. I can yeah, go ahead, Sean. I got you. Uh, Tiff says, came with less than a minute of play, had three points and one steal. This is a big win because we won by more than a couple points. I agree with that. It was good to see Kane and Jovic get in there at the end. I think both of them hit a three. I was kind of getting set up for the postgame stream, so I only saw a little bit of it. I heard it more than I saw it. Um, but, yeah, it's good to get those guys in. You want to get them in more minutes. You want to find times to plug them in. But when you're blowing somebody out, you get the young guys in. That's all good. I thought Jamal Kane would get more minutes um, to start this season. I really did. Tony, you take this. Uh, this is another one from Anthony. Who's shown the most growth regression so far this season? I think Caleb uh, has shown the most growth through adversity. I think he looked pretty bad. Didn't know where to be on the floor uh, in a lot of spots defensively and, and trying to find flow offensively. He's found a lot of growth. Um, regression this whole team's kind of <laughs> kind right. of regress. I, I I think again, it's it's a process for a lot of dudes. It's a process for Gabe, who you know we've had some criticism for, but um, may, maybe Gabe's the guy. But it's it's everybody, and it's early. So it's so early. Anybody who's regressed can still make that up, and anybody who's playing great can still suck eventually. So let we'll keep that perspective as well. One more, Manny, and then we'll get up out of here. Luke, shout out to Luke, um, Luke Weber. We will, we be seeing more Gabe at the two for the Phoenix matchup where the point of attack is key. Uh, I think Chris Paul may be questionable for that game. So we'll, we'll see how their injury report stacks up, but yeah, you're right. And they're playing a lot of Gabe and Kyle together. Um, I think that that'll definitely be something we see, but I think it's something we see every night, right? That mm -hmm. that's not going to go away. Sean, do you think that's going away? Mm -hmm. No, I think they're going to continue to play these these small lineups. They they almost have no choice at this point, especially while Tyler's hurt. So, and even when he's out there, it's not like it changes the size of the the backcourt. So, and and just keep in mind, I know Phoenix Paul has been hurt. I think that Cameron Payne and um, uh, what's the guy's name that used to play for the Clippers that we've had rumored with us a little bit, the other guard Landry Shamit. I think he Landry got banged Shamit, up in the last yeah. game too. So I think those two guys, you got three guys in their backcourt that may be hurt. Obviously, they lost um, Cam Johnson. So interesting. I mean, it's, it may not be the Phoenix that we all are uh, maybe afraid of last week. That's a good point. Um, Tony can take us out with one more question. If we have one more question. If we have one more. Yeah, we may and not. It looks, like, it looks like Ish Wainwright might be out too. He was out Friday, so he might – that team might be depleted. So that, that could be a uh, interesting uh, twist to a Phoenix matchup that I think we all felt like the heat would be overpowered in. All right. Last question. Hit him with it, Tony. Uh, are we packaging Struess for an established star? 
I don't know, man. I, I think that every and any option is on the table for this team to add skill sets. Uh, but <laughs> why are we trading players um, this early? Not for Jake Crowder, I can tell you that much. No. That tweet oh looks gosh. so bad today. Oh, my gosh. Listen, they are not considering Max Struess for Jay Crowder. So just stop it. That's the end of that conversation over. Um, they wanted Jay. They want Jay to arrive in Miami via buyout because he will come directly to Miami the moment that he's bought out. But that's just you know where they're at with that. Uh, I, I'll I, tell you this: any trade that does happen is probably going to be a trade that hurts because our assets aren't like super valuable right now. No, so they got to give up something. You're right. Son, son's got to go. That's true. Everybody who thinks it's going to be like Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, and whoever else you're frustrated at in the moment and a future frustrated player to be named later. No, no, no. There's going to be somebody involved that, uh, that is either as a key contributor or you're giving up major assets, but now I'm drifting into transaction talk. And that is the universe's way of telling me that we should close this episode. Thank you for joining us. We will have you covered for the next heat game. Uh, coming up hopefully you'll see uh ethan back brady back alex back um but thank you to tony and sean for uh diving into the post game show manny chang on the ones and twos thank you have a good night thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.